Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Boom mic, boom mic, boom mic. Boom mic, boom mic, boom mic. Oh boy. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, the Dolly Dots. Hail. You are my Dolly Dot. Yeah. I've always said that. I just yeah. can you hear people that ask how Frank's by doing? The way? Oh God, no. What are they doing? Okay, good. Oh, well, is it the rhythm a of a Dolly Dot song? Yes, it is. That's the. <laughs> uh, it's it's go go is kind of adjacent. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. So, people, we are the Canon Canon. We are the podcast to talk about Canon films and all of their amazing output. We are also the podcast that talks about comedic duos. That we yes. all know and love, and we don't need explaining of what no, their not deal at all. is. <laughs> not that I, I, so much so I didn't have to look at my notes. Landsberg and Dreyfus. Is Dreyfus. there? That's a good, you did it. That was a good Dreyfus, I God think. damn it, he's my brother. It's Lauren Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> so, people, we did it. Wait, look, last week, uh, as we have said, uh, we've, been, we've been deep into the deep. Oh yeah. Of Canon. We are we are deep into using our good friend Austin Trunick's Canon Film Guide Volume One and Volume Two and finding the ones that we haven't touched upon and uh making plans back and forth and then changing them quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's my we fault. That's on me. I <laughs> wanted to do an Oscar theme and I was like, what are we doing? It was like too much to it's very funny though. My son did yesterday ask at the drive home. He just goes, Is there an award for movies? <laughs> and I was like, yes, there is actually. And then I got into some weird, like, how do you explain to a five and a half year old that I think awards for art are ridiculous? And then he was like, they should give the most money to the best movie. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you're getting sucked into fucking people's weird ideas about art again. Um, but yeah, we were going to uh, cover some uh, uh, Oscar-related, Oscar, what, what the good movies of canon. That was our plan. And then, yeah. but we had also had another plan of we pick movies. Uh, we each pick a couple, but we misjudged how many weeks were in the month. Yeah. We, I think we were thinking of March, not of February. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, well, one, this is all saying, remember, people, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon, where we have a lot of bonuses, but the biggest bonus you can give us is supporting this podcast and yes. helping us to uh, feel justified in the time we spend on it. Uh, so one of the picks we had was Detective School Dropouts. Yeah. Uh, with the, Starring the comedic canon duo of David Landsberg. And uh, uh, Lauren Dreyfus, mm -hmm. the comedic duo we all know and love that has right. gone down in time as one of the legends. 
and we Jeff, had to you make fun. But you know, these guys they were working behind the scenes. They were doing they it while we were, were still shitting in our little pantaloons. <laughs> That's true. And I was filling up those pantaloons. I mean, with a up lot until of shit. twelve years old, easily, easily twelve. <laughs> um, Just filled to the brim my <laughs> pantaloons. <laughs> so we did Detective School Dropout and uh, watched it on YouTube on. Uh, we think at least at one point it was David Landsberg's actual YouTube channel, but we're still not clearly positive, but probably was. Yeah. He passed away, unfortunately. Um, uh, and at least for me, and I don't remember if we talked about this, like I wasn't I, I, I wasn't completely clear in my brain that Detective School Dropout and another movie, Dutch Treat, uh, spoily, what we're covering today yep. was the same duo. Yeah. I Correct. I knew that Dutch Treat was the movie that was a vehicle for a Dutch band, yes. a all-girl band, and I call it an all-girl band, not all-women band, because it is how uh, Menachem Golan would have described that. Right. And because uh, you've got a shaved head and you've got a goatee and you're smoking a cigar... Thank you. And because uh, you just refuse to give women the platform. I th- you're going to make me uh, have to give a woman a platform? How did, that's not how I got on the cover of Cigar Aficionado magazine, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I was thinking so, about that, that, that cigar, cigar shop in Chelsea, remember, kind of by UCB? Yeah. That's like a little bit further up where UCB used to be. It was like on 28th or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 28th and 8th and that little like, it's just one little shop. Yeah. That's just where dudes go and just sit in leather chairs and smoke cigars. And it's there's one like in Old Town Pasadena that is across from Buca da Beppa, everyone's Buca favorite Beppo. Italian. Uh, the Buca da Boba da Fett. Oh, Buca da Boba da Fett. And, de- and, and next to, uh, if anyone has followed my Instagram, the infamous hot pot restaurant that I try to eat at <laughs> often. <laughs> And yes, it is just like that one in Chelsea where I every time I'm just flummoxed that that is a culture yes. that you would just go to a cigar shop. I also am just like, how are they making money? Like, I know that some cigars are expensive, yeah, but it seems no. like go in, buy one cigar and just smoke it for two hours. Us soy boys won't relate. True. You know, we're soy boy ner- nerds. We're not going to. We just don't get it, Jeff. I truly. We're yes. Just the uh, what What are they like? Castrated. Uh, we're castrados. We're yeah, essentially. We're castrados. I do imagine every time I walk past it to get to the hot pot, they will try to put a cigar out on my face. Oh, yeah. Uh, and sure. Because I'm a castrado. And I'll be like, hey, don't do that. Oh, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> Mickey I'm Mouse is the Mickey original Castrato. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought Dutch Treat was the vehicle for the Dolly Dots. Yeah, and um, it should have been. Honestly. Yes. But we did not know, once we started watching Detective School Dropouts, and it was featured on the same channel, that Dutch Treat is a continuation of the Landsberg Dreyfus Empire. So we decided right away yeah. we gotta cover Dutch Treat right away. And so yeah, today we are covering Dutch Treat. Mm-hmm. Uh it is a uh, f- uh f- madcap comedy. Sure. It is exhausting. It's Madcap on a madcap on a madcap. Yes. 
There are so many madcaps. You are just like, really? You really, you, like if we had to give drowning our sketch notes. It. Yeah, we are drowning in it. And uh, as I texted Frank, uh, usually, look, here's a little insight into how Cannonbro Garlock lives his day. I have one cup of coffee in the morning. Maybe. I am a late bloomer to coffee. Did we not just explain we are Castrato soy boys? That's right. <laughs> I only. Uh-huh. I only started drinking one iced coffee a day when I had a child, like, mm-hmm. you know, five and a half years ago. I had no interest, and it wasn't because of my straight edge. It was because I just didn't need it. Uh, and so I usually have one coffee, but for some reason, I was like, oh, I put a cup in the refrigerator. Maybe I'll have that. And start watching Dutch Treat at, like, two in the afternoon. And I truly... Felt like I was on the verge of a panic attack in the first 10 minutes of this movie. (laughs) And I probably was the colder caffeine surging through my blood. But it is also that this movie is unrelenting in its pace. (laughs) Yes. No time to breathe. No time to catch your breath. Sight gag after sight gag on top of sight gags, on top of attempted jokes, on top of... Screaming, just nonstop. I told, I, I, I texted Jeff saying, uh, "I have a headache." Yeah, I. There's so much screaming that's happening yeah. throughout this. It's just nonstop screaming. And when it got to the airplane scene with the the mama and the son, oh, <laughs> oh boy, I like, I was, I, almost, my brain almost like popped every nerve inside of its, yeah. Curves and whatnot, and uh, as you could tell, I'm already a smooth brain, so it's not going to help at all. <laughs> you you put a dent in that smooth brain. I did. There. And your eyes are red, but not from your your uh, smoking the wacky tobacco, but the capillaries <laughs> oh, you know, in your. <laughs> well, the capillaries in your eyes busted out. That's right. From the the energy of this movie. I like various ways of killing my brain, and this one was one that wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So, Dutch Tree, uh, you know, if you're jumping in weirdly for the first time on this, we mentioned before Dutch Tree is a, a, is a, is a comedy movie from this duo of David Landsberg and uh, Lauren Dreyfus. Lauren Dreyfus is the older brother of Richard Dreyfus. Uh, this ain't no Nepo baby sitch, but we are mis- mentioning it because... He is, as he was in Detective School Dropouts, and is in this movie. It's almost disconcerting how much he looks and sounds like Richard Dreyfuss sometimes. I will say this, Jeff, though. Yeah. Better looking. Yeah. I he's think he's a, better looking. He's I, like, he looks the same, but I think he's the better looking of the You the just sims. don't like bald people. Exactly. Yes. Get those wow. bald heads out of my face. <laughs> I will say maybe, and I only say maybe... Because uh, it is a YouTube transfer we watched. This one did not have tracking problems like Detective School Dropouts, but it might as well have. Yeah. Uh, I certainly couldn't tell what some of the visual psychics were because it was right. a little grainy. <laughs> um, and you just kind of went with it. And you're just like, was that a homophobic joke or did I just have to like let that one slide? Because I don't uh, really know what I saw. There's a whole section that's a homophobic joke. There's definitely Jeff. a Blue Oyster style homophobic joke. But right. the host of the party they're at later, I think was a man in a caftan. Yes. 
but yes. I wasn't positive with because a, I was actually earring and yeah. yeah. But I was getting distracted in a classic Garlock, like, where do I know that actor from? <laughs> like, yes. what yeah. sitcom was he in? Um, and so, yeah, this, these two guys were a comedic duo. Uh, 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 they met each other, fell in love with each other, and, uh, you know, their work ethic, we documented it in Detective School Dropouts. Listen to that one uh, and, and read Austin's entry. Um, and... Uh, you know, Menachem fell in love with these guys. Yeah. And so, I, you know, what is this movie, basically, if we were given the logline before we give some facts? Uh, they're kind of playing the same characters from Detective School Dropouts, kind of. It's a dynamic. It's a di- it, So it's a dynamic, and I think in the last one we got into a lot of comedy talk, and the dynamic is something we'll talk about from comedy perspective. Yes. Uh, again in this one um and so there they- comedy perspectives <laughs> i'm frank garcia hell and this is jeff garlock joining me thank you for having me of course so today on comedy perspectives we're going to talk about the 1987 movie dutch street <laughs> now often people will remember the comedy stylings of david landsberg and lauren dreyfus yes dreyfus dreyfus <laughs> dreyfus he is uh, related to the very famous actor and since shamed, <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait, did he get canceled? What was the whole Dreyfus thing? Did he? I, I can't mean, remember. Yeah, I don't. Maybe yeah. he like was a jerk on set or something. It's, it's so hard to remember at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I have too many conversations with like my my wife that'll be like, was that guy canceled? And I'm just like, do you have any remembrance of that? It's like I don't know. I'm just All guessing right. at this point. <laughs> um. So essentially, uh, yeah, uh, Landsberg and Dreyfus are playing a comedy dynamic. Uh, that's essentially how you could sum up their characters. You could. And uh, they, uh, through shenanigans, end up in Holland. And uh, 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 m- it, through mistaken identities, end up uh, convincing a all-female uh, uh, rock group named the Dolly Dots that they are record executives and that they will help them. And then that leads to uh, them uh, doing shenanigans. Correct. Um, so I will say, before we get into some facts. You will? I will. Uh, I shall and I will. That Dutch Treat might have been put together slightly better than Detective School Dropouts. I, in that I kind of got what was going on, and it felt even uh, uh, even with it not having the Italian edge, but now having that Israeli edge with Boaz directing it. Yes, it felt more of specifically the '80s comedy time. Right, maybe. Yes. Even though, again, big chunks of this are just, we're in another country, let's do other country shit. Which is, they are want to do in these two movies. But, it doesn't necessarily make it a better movie, or, or, but like, some of the jokes maybe even landed a little bit cleaner. Right. Because it is a little bit more standard structure, and I, and we said in the last one that their third script, the wrong stuff that didn't get produced that would have been about eight guys who were recruited wrongly for a CIA mission, and we agree that's an amazing logline, can totally see it. 
I have a little bit more faith that they were able to. I don't know if it necessarily would have been my cup of tea, but that it would have gotten closer <laughs> to what is the Landsberg Dreyfus yeah. dynamic. There were moments where I felt like, okay, this is better than. Why did I already forget the name of the other movie? <laughs> Detective School Dropouts. Detective School Dropouts. My God. <laughs> DSD, right. baby. Oh, my smooth brain. Um, <laughs> so I, there were parts of it. Even when it started, I was like, oh, okay, already this is kind of like feeling a little bit more cohesive or something. But then there were parts where I was like, oh, no, this is not better than the Detective School <laughs> Dropouts. <laughs> right. And then it would just kind of go back and forth where I felt some moments worked better. But the biggest you even pointed it out in your intro was egregious amount of like boom shots. Just there's no way you can't notice that Boaz. We, tr- we, we've seen your work. Last we've American Virgin, baby. We, you're, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Salsa. We just watched salsa, right? right. No, we didn't. No, watch we didn't, but we will. <laughs> no, we got a feeling that won't see as many boom shots. But God damn, like every shot, almost every single shot, you see that boom, Mike. Look, it, it's like we're not here to point out like, oh, they made a goof. But yeah, we're not about y- goose. You can't deny at a certain point. There's like when they're in the limo and it's just like you're going to frame it so we can just see the mic that you attach to the ceiling like <laughs> of the limo. <laughs> like, no, Jeff, that's the way limos were in the 80s. And I will say, yeah, that is true. So they could always record uh, uh, some sensual, sexual tape. Um, oh, yeah. But they're all, all like, I felt like it started to feel like when you're in, uh, you've lived in New York for too long, and if you possibly had mice, then you kind of have that like PTSD after, where you're be sitting on your couch and you're constantly just like, oh, what is that? Is that a mouse? Like, and you <laughs> see something out of the corner of your eye, because it's like you're almost yeah. like it can't be that many boom mics, and it then really every is. once in a while there would be a shot that would be like only like two or three times, but like a tree. And then maybe the branch would dip in. Yeah. And I'd be sitting there getting distracted, going like, was that a leaf or a boom mic? Oh my God. What's going on? Jeff, if this were a movie I directed and I went through editing this movie and I noticed, I was like, fuck, there's so many boom and I don't have the money to paint it out. I don't have money to fix it up in post. In the credits, the very first credit I would put up is <laughs> boom mic. As boom mic. Love it. Then you're like, it was so then intentional. Will see it and be yes. like, oh, it was it was it was intentional. It was a fun move. It was a pattern they set up. I mean, that's a smart <laughs> idea. Uh but yeah, it it does uh, it, you can you can see the seams that this is a movie that started production two months basically after they were done with Detective School Dropouts and came out five months after detective school dropouts with not much fanfare, just like detective school dropouts. Yeah. That's a crazy turnaround time. Wait, didn't, uh, maybe I got it wrong. Cause I thought maybe I thought this one was done first, but then to, they released detective school dropouts first. Oh wait, you're right. So I might be flipping that. Yeah. I think that's what the deal was. Yes. Wait, I but that remember. doesn't, now I'm like confused because 
now I'm getting confused on the storyline in Austin. You can correct us or we'll just correct it by reading it later because that's what we say. We are very informed, but we're also dumbasses because I thought that Dreyfus's story was they got back home from production and then basically like Menachem was like, come into the office. Yo, yeah. It's Christmas, but I do I do think there was a line that they wrote this, but maybe they did it before. That's where I'm getting confused yeah, in this I think crazy timeline. One of timeline. them was made before the other, and it came out. It was like kind of a, a missing in action, right? Because Menachem had tried to develop a, this movie for the Dolly, Dolly Dots Dot. for like '83. Like, yeah, so for years, and then yeah, and he had two days left on the contract. Oh my god! So he was like, "Can you guys fly out to Amsterdam?" Like, get them to sign an extension. The closest thing I'll say to a Weinstein bro sounding move that I've ever maybe heard, and maybe I've just willfully not heard it, that line that, like, I think Austin had his book, he's like, get them to sign it. Fuck them if you want. <laughs> like, he has, like, a gross, like, just kind of, like, flippant, yeah. like, sort of move. But he basically was just like, they spent too long developing it. And we'll probably talk more about. The, I know we'll talk more about the Dolly Dots, but like they in that development, which happens, he had missed the window of them being popular, and yeah, popular, and the original and the members, original yeah. yeah. So like it, uh, the band was not even the thing he was trying to develop, and they never branched out of Amsterdam area, anyways. Like in Brussels, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, this is classic canon of like moving so quick and it's insane you can feel the seams a little bit uh and why this up about it i got i just i can't believe they were able to make this together (laughs) um but what are some facts let's get some facts on dutch tree we don't have many (laughs) yeah so the the facts about this it says it was released january 1987 uh november in netherlands uh directed by boaz davidson who we know from lemon popsicle private popsicle hot bubble gum x-ray the last american virgin going bananas which i am looking for because recently austin posted <laughs> the heart-wrenching moment wow God, of going yeah. bananas uh Man. that i reposted and said not a dry eye <laughs> in the universe uh and he also directed salsa so we're very familiar with boaz um yeah. It was written by David Landsberg and, or written by, yeah, Landsberg and Dreyfus. Who we know Landsberg that. and Dreyfus, our duo. Yeah, 1987, we have uh, the top 10, uh, top, whoa, I guess I forgot the uh, <laughs> the other two, so I only have top eight here. <laughs> what happened there? Okay, Three Men and a Baby, Fatal Attraction, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Good Morning Vietnam, Moonstruck, The Untouchables, Secret of My Success, and Stakeout. And, uh, Competing with his brother. Yes. Yeah, oh out. man. Oh, look at here. I actually <laughs> made it on. <laughs> I had a premiere this year too. Get out of my face, brother. It's called Steak Out. <laughs> Why don't you feast on that steak? Out. <laughs> okay, loan me twenty dollars then. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So this didn't chart. No. At all. No. Yes. God no. no. God no. God, no. Why wouldn't in 1987 when everything is failing? Menachem and Yoram produced two movies right after each other using a property that they've tried to develop since 1983 and not do anything with either of them. (laughs) Must have been, I mean, because we, you know, 
people who both are in the know and don't know at all love to throw this term around. But I do feel like, was this trying to be a tax write-off somehow? Like, they just needed to get some money somewhere? Probably because they have to, you know, meet a certain... It's all all the shit that we see now with streaming services Mm -hmm. who, like, just ditch shit. Yeah. Because for tax purposes, little movies that they spent money on finished and were like, nope. You'll never see this shit because we got a tax write-off. Fuck yeah. you. I need to get more money. I need to make an extra billion dollars. Yeah. You know, it's quite Just on the side, my wife was looking into some solar. She was talking to some company. It was basically like, you get this super cheap because... And I was like, all right, there's no conscious capitalism. That it was like, you get it because McDonald's buys the write-off, essentially, of it. There's some crazy way the where solar like panels? Yeah, so that they they're like then can say like we spent this amount of money on helping out the earth. And it's just like the right. way to get like as a corporation we are doing our part. Of course. So because of that they just like kind of like it's not even that they own them. They just kind of buy the right off somehow. Which is just another example of like literally none of us understand how money works. Like, Everybody's so when my son needing... asked me how money works yesterday, I was like, you know what, man? I can't, because he's like, I make money. Why can't I just <laughs> use it? Because he makes fake money. And I tried yeah. to explain counterfeiting to him. Oh, and no. he's like, why does the government get to have it? And I was like, look, this is very complicated. Oh, no, he's starting to get into the tax <laughs> get, weeds. Then he talked about the gold standard. And I was like, Jesus, oh, don't no. start this. <laughs> <laughs> then we just watched To Live and Die in LA, and he totally got it. Oh, cool. um, uh, So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know. This movie, it's also, it's not the YouTube transfer. This is another one that's like 87. That's a shock. It reeks of 83. It reeks of when the Dolly Dots should have had their movie made. Exactly. Um, And also is crazy picturing stakeout is there because you can do the kind of crazy comparison of just like oh these are there's less so than detective school dropouts i would say it's a little bit more it is it's like both more cartoony and not more cartoony in the same way i don't know but it's definitely not as action comedy it's a little bit more on the comedy end it's way I more guess. on the comedy this does feel more marx brothers cuz it's so yeah. so heightened elevated goofy three stooges but the problem with it is is that it's still not in that cartoonish world enough that when violent things happen to everyone, it's not funny. It's it's kind of um I would say maybe there's like one or two that maybe are like, huh, okay. Yeah. But for the rest of them, you're like, good God. As I texted this is you violent and disturbing how yeah. this is <laughs> As I text you, I was like, there is surprisingly more at least almost murder in this movie than, than most canon, canon movies <laughs> we watch. Because it is played, and you're like, right, I guess if you think you're doing, or you're going for, not that you think, because they are doing, like, they're you're doing two stooges, essentially. Yeah. But even, and I don't think this is revisionist on my end, that even as a child, I liked the Three Stooges, and sometimes I would be like, ooh, geez, like, that's, like, real violent. Like, yeah. uh, and in, there are more often than not parts where you're like, well, 
the tone is a little bit more consistent, I would say, than Detective School Dropout. So it yes. helps with it, but it isn't consistent enough to not feel like it's super violent and you're worried about the people dying. And it's not in a comedic way. Uh, and I realize it's like part of it is because, you know, clearly Menachem, at least enough for a tax write-off, loved them enough to be like, you are a comedic duo. Yeah. But I and I I think I've brought this up before. Like I kind of hate that I agree with the note, but it's like when I once did a show at UCB, like with uh, my friend Emily Ozeri, uh, and it was you know getting Quaid, but we wanted to call it Stracklock, which was our comedy team, just merging her name at the time, uh, Strawn and Garlock, and and the the AD at the time was just like. You can't call it Stracklock. Nobody knows who Stracklock is. Yeah. And I remember being real pissed because I was like, that's how we're going to get people to know. That's the whole point of this. We're fucking trying to make ourselves, not fucking UCB. Yeah. Leads to one of my larger end up being problems in retrospect <laughs> with my career at UCB. But the point is, in retrospect, I agree with him in some way. Like, sometimes this movie is... uh this movie reads as some of these things are supposed to work better because in this episode and last episode, we've joked a lot about the famous comedic stylings of Landsberg and uh, Dreyfus. But it is true that like, we don't know what their comedic styling is. We're, we're banking on that. It's a pastiche of this vaudeville style yes. that we knew before, but it, 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 it is like, it reminded me a lot, this one, weirdly, of Armed and Dangerous, that Eugene Levy <laughs> yes. and John Candy, but at the very least, for com- comedy nerds, like, at that time, you would be like, yeah, from SCTV. Yeah. So I can fill in the gaps, like, you right. know, say, like, it, and it's, it, and, and why I go back to that note to myself is, like, kids in the hall could get away with some stuff early on because we kind of just immediately knew who they were to some extent. Or, you know what it is? It's just yeah. what we talked about last time, the broken lizard thing, because when super troopers came out, it very clearly stated the sketch group's name. Yeah. Broken lizard presents or broken lizards. Right. Super Troop- and every time after that's always been broken lizard. Right. So you, it's already baked in when you go watch it. You're like, Oh, this is a unit. This is a group that made this movie together. Right. So if it was like, Landsberg and Dreyfus's Dutch treat. Like Cheech and Chong. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cheech and Chong up in smoke. Like, yeah, if you. But they haven't that- done enough. And that's not necessarily their fault. That's just careers. But like right. to to make some of the quick plot choices to have us be on board. Right. Because what you're saying is they need to make they needed to make a couple of albums. Yeah. Do some stage shows, tour the country, uh, maybe do some time overseas, come back, get a movie deal, and that's why that's how we'd know, right? That's Thank what you're saying. You. Yes. That's what you're saying. Jeff. That's what that's I'm what saying. That's what you're saying. That's, that's what, what you're that's just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear, I, just want to say <laughs> Sorry for well, the gotcha question. Gotcha. <laughs> well, because I just think like plot wise, those are the things that don't necessarily work and movie wise yeah. is like you're expected to rely on a shorthand that isn't there unless you watched a movie that came out like three months before and wasn't promoted anywhere. Yeah. Um, 
and granted, again, I'm saying this that like now in retrospect, again, you go to those YouTube fucking comments and there are many, many people who are just like so happy I'm finally getting to watch this. But also this one especially, I was like, oh, there's a lot of people who are like so happy. I grew up in Germany. Yeah. And this is the only movie we had. <laughs> like it's a little bit because I just watched it, I think I just had in my brain the party down episode where they do that Russian uh, with Steven Weber is like the Russian mob guy who just got out of prison for maybe murder, but they all recognize everyone. So they recognize Jane Lynch from Dingleberries (laughs) because they were living in a hole and they only had a couple VHS movies. (laughs) Um, But there is like an element of like, Oh, I get it again. Like this was, they were maybe a duo and I get, I get that it's hard to establish being a duo. I'm saying this is someone who tried to do it. We kind of try to do it with canon of being like, yeah. we are the canon bros. Like, and we do have that to summit for our small, loving audience. But <laughs> um, that I, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. But if you're first seen, I'm kind of lost on what exactly is going on, who you're supposed to be. Right. It's hard to get on board with the energy and the madcap pace and then when the madcap pace is, is slowed down a bit by almost murder, there's just like a lot for you to kind of take on. And then when halfway through the movie, you're also going to be like, here is a Dutch all-female group. Yeah. <laughs> it like Because it throws you in. All of a sudden, we're at this court case where we think that it, it's it's like a people's court thing where they're just like all kind of in a row, which didn't make sense. I thought maybe they were the defendant or the, you know, I didn't 100% thought I didn't know that this was just sentencing for the day. Yeah, apparently, exactly. which I cycling, don't think is how it works anywhere <laughs> where they're just cycling people through. And when they say the joke is that the judge is like kind of mismatched on what his uh, rulings are. But it, it 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 feels like it just all of a sudden where like he's like, but it's not my fault. You did this. You did this to me. It's not my fault. You're the one. Who, it's like, wait, wh- who are you two to to right. each other? Like, what is going on? And like, we have no context for it. It just like is there. Just like with a comedic duo, you have to have like you can you can rely on a shorthand that maybe is it. So like Tim and Eric can make moves that other people couldn't make. Right. Or uh, Jackass. Why the why the why the the copies of Jackass don't work as well is because there is this kind of built-in shorthand of like, yeah. oh, I know the relationship of fucking Party Boy to Steve O. Like, right. but also there's a visual shorthand, which is why on the first shot, you and I have watched millions of movies. We're confused because we're like, clearly they're the defendant or the prosecute like. You yeah. know, and then where you're like, wait a second, that guy robbed someone, and now we're in something about parking tickets. And in there, until I read again Austin's description and plot summary, I didn't completely pick up on that Dreyfus's character was the one who maybe generated the parking tickets. No, his, yeah, he did because he said it's your fault. Because I guess he was using his car. That's another thing, too, where it's like, well, how is he responsible for these parking tickets? And why haven't any of them been paid? But then uh, here's where my issue lies with this dynamic. Uh-huh. And again, it kind of does deal with the in- certain individuals can do this dynamic. But Dreyfus's character is just like, 
he doesn't care about anything. He just kind of does. He's got, always got schemes, right? He's always yeah. got schemes, and but he's always like just he's the getting, Bill Murray. Yeah. See, and it, we've seen that archetype before. The jerk, right? Yeah. Just kind of being like the guy who's just like doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Does confident what he wants. asshole, madcap. You know, just like I got a scheme and just doesn't yep. care. Everybody be damned. It's my show. Let's go. And then you have the the friend or the 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 sidekick or whatever who's like the uptight. Like, what are you doing? You know. Right. We've seen it a million times. This is grating. Yeah. This is like that dynamic is like it's frustrating. It's not funny. It's frustrating. You're like, what do you? I I I I found a very hard time. This movie gave me a lot of headaches for different reasons, but <laughs> yeah. that was one of them. Being like, it's not working. Well, it's hard because, um, I would say, look, I don't want to compare two brothers, but Richard Dreyfus is better that at that than Lauren Dreyfus. Like oh, and and we got stakeout right there. Like and Jeff, and now I need to. I know. I'm sorry. I don't want to cause brother against brother. Jeff. It's a real Cain and Abel situation here. <laughs> <laughs> well, because and and part of it is only until right before we recorded, I realized they both make cameos in Let It Ride, and I was like, well, I guess I'm rewatching Let It Ride again just to yeah, see yeah. where they're at because I love Let It Ride so yeah. much. But um, uh, and I think. Dreyfus is great in that movie as a schemer. I think I agree with you. Like it, look, you can't. Uh, it's hard to put the finger on what is the the charm factor. Like yes. even though Bill Murray now, it's kind of hard to deal with him because of just like how he is now in life. Like right, there's still there. Even then, there's a little bit of like, why do we let him slide in Ghostbuster? Like, what about is it, we know that the 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 easy answer is just like cuz he's charming in yeah. that specific way but it to put a finger on that it's why you can't replicate it easily it's why yes. i hate to say it but like Ryan Reynolds in all of his somehow telling the rhythm of a joke not a joke yeah like still has like a god damn it you Jerk! It's just Why the way are you he kind it. of charming? Yeah, right. And you're like, it's um, not a joke. Yeah, it's not. Literally, yeah. like people, I'm saying, like as someone Somebody's who like get stamps, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> as someone who like does not want to enjoy the Deadpool movies at all, and is totally right. against my belief system almost. <laughs> it, it is not that. It is that literally, as comedy teachers, we are telling you. Listen to his jokes and notice how they aren't actually set up punchline, or right. a, they are all jo- or any other variation on joke. They really are just the rhythm of a joke. It is what Frank and I write when we need placeholders for a screen. We're like, eh, I know what the rhythm will be. Or when right. I would write weekend update jokes, when I would submit to weekend update, and I'd write at least twenty that were just like <laughs> I'd write a note to myself. This is not a joke. Yeah. It was just to get it out of my head, <laughs> like equivalence of, uh, well, I got to get some stamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so he's missing that. What do we think Landsberg's archetype is necessarily supposed to be? Like, I mean, like. It's the put out straight man or so. Yeah. So yes. we call it voice of reason now, but even he's not a voice of reason. But well, but that's the, the classic thi- like caring is straight man. Yeah. He's he's extra grading in this one. 
you get it more. Yes. You feel for it more in detective school dropouts as a comedy dynamic. Yes. He wants to be a detective. Great. That's enough of a drive. He's willing to put himself through this. In this, you feel no sympathy for him because he's just not, not listening. That's the all. other part. They don't listen to each other in this. No one listens to each other. And I will say, too, I'm realizing now, like, I think one of the problems with how they've set it up is maybe Dreyfus as that archetype doesn't scheme enough. They're not charming enough, the schemes. They're not interesting enough. Yeah, they're just crimes. <laughs> yes. It really does kind of boil down to, like, okay, so your scheme is just stealing. Yeah, or... Murder. Basically attempted murder. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> murder. <laughs> attempted murder. Um and so and so the extra hard part is when the Dolly Dots show up, you kind of hope they'll be less abrasive. No, they get more abrasive. Yes. <laughs> and the and the Dolly Dots themselves, they've written the Dolly Dots to be so clueless. Yeah. But to the point where I'm like, I don't, it doesn't feel clueless. It feels kind of uh, mean, and I don't feel sympathetic to how they're spending money. Yeah, because you're like, you have this opportunity, you wouldn't just be, but I know that's part of the joke. Because they're like, oh no, it's like, I'm not going to be able to afford this $2,500 a night. I think, again, if Dreyfus was more of the archetype where he's scheming, if he was maybe even a little bit harder of like, and he, it's like he kind of does it. Everything is like he kind of does it, where it's like, it's like, look, if we just we give them what they want, then they're going to think this and this and this. Like, but instead, it's like almost like in passing, he's kind of saying, we have to play that we're rich and this is how it is. Look, I'll find a way to pay back. Like, so you get kind of distracted as an as a viewer. Or at least I think we both did, and also start to get too weirdly invested in the wrong way. Yeah. Of like, oh no, like, no, they're screwed. Like, this is too much money. And partly it's because I just talked about Aerosmith on one of my other podcasts for a while and didn't realize that Joe Perry left Aerosmith at one point. Yep. And one of the main reasons is because he had an $80,000 room service bill. Yep. <laughs> That's insane, but Who also a crazy reason. <laughs> For room service. You literally have to order everything on the menu every hour. We decided he had a massive chicken fingies addiction. Oh, yeah. He was replacing heroin with chicken fingies. When you drop the heroin, that's a known thing that you crave chicken fingers. and Most people don't realize that. Um, Dino bites. uh, And so it's very hard on the dolly dots where I'm just like, it's... You're like, wait, do they think it's, are they trying to play that it's like, oh, they're from another country. They don't completely understand. Or is it because they're women? Like all of the reasons for why yeah. they're doing things start to feel like mean hearted. Well, it's all suspect. I mean, from even the beginning when they have the Jamaican roommates and then you have the boss who's a big black man who's so intimidating. And it's like, I don't see any problem with any of those scenes. What are you talking about? Those were only clear caricatures yes. oh wait i see your pal ben shapiro showed up behind you and tim pool they're I, I, don't, I don't i don't i don't see a problem with this i don't i yeah. I, I think the problem is in other people <laughs> of course you're too woke to see it <laughs> yeah no it's wild i mean even the the 
I, I agreed with Austin, like the cartoonish kind of choreography of them getting to his apartment after he gets out of jail. Where there's that fight in the street right. to show that it's a bad neighborhood. I Yeah, but even that, I was like, wait, is it like, this is the problem. This does a canon move where it's like, no, don't make me feel like I'm the one being racial <laughs> in my thought. But like, I think that's what they're going for is slightly something, right? But I think it's oh, like a course. fruit truck. Like, and yeah. that there's like a, a, but, and it's like, it looks fun. I will say like, it looks, it looks like good. the end of, uh, of blazing saddles where like yeah. all the studio, like food fights and the, yep. all the studio things are coming together and it's just like a mad cat, but it's like right away. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what yeah. is this? Cause we still don't even know who the fuck these guys are. Right. <laughs> and because Landsberg will not listen. And this is definitely uh a note i've given on like sketch where i'm like it's not necessarily something we need to address but it's very clear that if this one character would stop and listen for literally like five seconds the rest of this would not happen and it actually starts to be frustrating not funny yeah like in landsberg a lot of this is that where you're just like or just listen for two seconds because you're just barreling through into choreographed fruit stand fight with racial overtones uh uh you just won't listen that uh i rented your apartment out to a uh cliche jamaican family just to make a bunch of mon jokes yes non-stop mon yeah. jokes um uh and I did the, like the, the only thing I'll give is that I enjoy like and, and yeah, there's something funny to them. That's the other part too. Like I know they've got comedic bones, but every once in a while you're like, they wrote this. There's something very funny to them that a stereotype Jamaican man is saying jacuzzi a lot. Yeah, because it is repeated too much as a comedic pattern. But you're like, but it's not really anything. It's well, we just, see it later with the the concierge. Yes. It was the guy in brown face doing an Indian accent. He's doing an Apu, like, yes. Pakistani, Indian, like, some vague yeah. accent that is essentially a cartoon character that every... I mean, yes, this movie has 80s racism more so than, <laughs> I think, Detective the School Dropouts. Yeah, and we get it. It was the era, and it's like, you know, it is what it is. But it, gonna, I think that's the thing is like it really is what it is after a while. There's so much of it yeah. um, that it gets a little tired because there's not really much meat on the bone anyways. Well, Jeff, with a lot of those offenders because we saw that one waiter who gets caught on fire and oh, the Dutch get it too. Man. because that language is crazy too they're speaking dutch at him it's like no i'm not hungry and it's like flugel. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that means bring out a giant fish platter or something yes. i couldn't really tell the youtube transfer like baked fish <laughs> yeah hard to tell that he that is going to do a fucking gene simmons and blow f <laughs> like 100 proof 180 proof fucking alcohol on it jeff i'm gonna put you on the spot kiss is doing the final tour are you going with me I can't do it. I can't yeah, do I can't it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to buy Depeche Mode tickets. Oh, boy. And uh, for two tickets, it was almost $1,000. And I was like, fuck no. I can't yeah. do this. No, that's no way. That, get the fuck if out of here. You're down one. That. You're down Andy Fletcher. I'm sorry. I I'm love sorry. Depeche Mode, but. Uh, no one is worth forum, that amount of just, money. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. That, 
the only I maybe I I it wasn't even a joke. Again, it was like rhythm of a joke. But like when the new tenant was like knife, please, <laughs> yes. he threw the knife. I don't know, made me laugh. Like I was yeah. just like just a funny delivery. Um. Uh. Uh. Yeah, so, oh, also, by the way, speaking of Ghostbusters, and maybe this is why I was, like, not charmed by it, uh, the the judge reminded me of the judge in Ghostbusters, yeah, too. Yeah, the Scolari brothers! <laughs> yes. I thought the same exact I was thing. trying to think of what the brother's name was, and I knew you'd be able to pull it for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, like, even though we said this is a better kind, there's a lot of just kind of, like, soft jokes. Like, mm. it's just like, you're sentenced for 40 days, 80 right. days. But it's also, like, is Landsberg the one who threw a glass pitcher at the judge's yes. head? Because that was a total Three Stooges thing where he was trying to hit somebody else, and then the person ducked, and then it hit the judge a, a jar. Yeah. A glass jar, or a glass uh what do you call it um help my smooth brain out jeff uh uh pitcher, uh, pitcher yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it again it speaks to the undefinable charm and it just is a fact like there are only well i don't know was it five six three stooges uh <laughs> but there's yeah because you you, you got your shemp you got another yeah, one i think the shemps you've got yeah. yeah the curly joes you got yeah, your, yeah. But uh, there is just an undefinable thing to the Three Stooges. Like, it is the jackass quotient. And when you watch Landsberg almost murder a judge, um, (laughs) maybe he should get extra days. Yeah. Um, Put him in the chair. Yes, please. Uh, But, yeah, like, I got to tell you this. Oh, there's a family in there. Um, Yeah. I need a place with no Jamaicans, no cellmates. <laughs> You're just like, it's not racist, but doesn't sound good. Yeah. That's <laughs> a joke. Uh, so he then needs to go visit his girlfriend. My, and I, I got to tell you something. And again, I'm just like, Landsberg, just listen. Shut up and listen. Uh, but yeah, no, she's shacking up with, with Percy. Percy, the boxer? I, yeah, well, that was what because she, she says, uh, I met him in violin class. He goes, oh, Percy, who plays the violin? Oh, right. come on out, Percy. And he's like doing this effeminate voice. Yep. And then uh, out comes the boxer. That's Wearing boxing right? gloves. <laughs> I did laugh at how he, he looked when he got hit because it was one of yes. those like old school. like. Funny. Well, it's very cartoony. It's definitely yeah. just like, oh, and the sound effects are back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so then, the, like, again, this movie is just scheme after scheme. They're kind of, <laughs> they, wait, why do they need to get out of the country? They just want to get away. Yes, want to get away. like, oh, okay, I know there's this uh, cruise. I signed us up. There's a lot of pack, chicks on it, I, in yeah. theory. Although when you get to the show, it seems to be mostly full of the crew of the cruise yes. ship. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he signs up that they are an act called the Great Badir, which is a, uh, you know, turban-wearing old vaudevillian. It's very vaudeville again. It is, like... Extremely vaudeville. Yes, uh, that they're going to do a knife-throwing act, and he's got this rigged knife-throwing. Landsberg is going to be the the, the in-drag female assistant. So that's funny. Sure. 
<laughs> that's like that is how you could pitch a lot of this where you're like so that's funny yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it is yeah. Sure. okay i don't know um if you say so yeah <laughs> uh because it's a youtube transfer i briefly thought that the ship captain was mickey dolan's uh, i thought that too <laughs> okay good he had I'm that glad face. Was, yeah. yeah the squish the squish mouth yeah um but yeah like he drops the button he can't make the fake knives come out. So then the ship captain's really invested in this act happening. So he brings out the famous Zamboni daggers. The Zamboni brothers. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call back. Call back, baby. The se- a call back almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the- all good callbacks. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a one oh one uh class show callback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, you gotta not do callbacks. Yeah, Twenty minutes of the show left. Scene. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um and right away you're like, okay, they're maybe murdering people with the Zamboni daggers. Yes. That's a joke, I guess. Cause then he misses, stabs a guy in the chest. Yep. He throws a dagger into the guy's chest on accident. Yeah. Then he stabs a guy in the back who then falls on a food cart that rolls out of the the venue. Yep. Uh, but that's a knife in the chest. That's a yeah. knife in the back. Uh, that was pretty. Uh, that's the thing is like if it was three stooges, it would always be like a knife to the butt, and the person's like, "Oh, no." No, this is like violent. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it's like these are fatal wounds. Uh, this for is the like sake itchy of and kind scratchy of a level. Yes, like, it's like it is. you know where it's like making fun of that thing, but it's actually hyper violent, right? <laughs> uh, and so then that means that they end up in a. I get, oh, there's like a they end up in jail. They're in Holland. We see windmills, of course, good set pieces. Yeah, and a, 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 a American uh, attaché is basically like, you gotta get out of here. You got three Duke days. Clark. <laughs> yep. What's his name? Luke Duke Clark. Duke Clark, which is uh, in that the actor, the young actor, uh, the did stuff with Michael Sarah. Was that his name? Oh, was it? And was it the one that was in Hot Tub Time Machine? I'm probably. Oh, that. right, with the glasses. Yeah. Is that his name, or is it? <laughs> Duke it's probably Clark. not. Again, Jeff. <laughs> let's let's let smooth let's brain, Frank. Let's, yeah, don't shit me here. I, I know what I'm capable of and what I'm not. Uh, let's see. Dunk? No, Duncan Clark. Clark David Duke. Cl- so it was Clark uh, Duke. I was dyslexic with it. Clark wow. Duke is his All name. All right. Um. So yeah, it. Uh, Duke Clark is like, you gotta get out of here. You're gonna be on a freighter. You're leaving in three days, and you're now you hang out in Amsterdam. And I was like, okay, here's your plot. Um, and it, there's a flasher joke because it's yeah. the '80s. It's not really a joke. It just happens. Always, man, '80s love flasher jokes. They really did. Made me really think that was gonna be more of a thing. It's a quicksand move. Like I was like, oh, okay, flashers are the gonna be everywhere. Quicksand? Yeah, it's like a real quicksand, like a post hardcore move. Um, and, uh, I guess that's supposed to get Lansing into, uh, stumbling upon the Dolly Dots. Correct. And so, yeah, basically. Phil Collins. The what? Oh, yeah. Pulling a Phil. Uh, definitely. The, the weird, they, they do switch around a lot. Like, it's weird that when they get to finally doing the showcase, they do a song that doesn't involve any of them playing instruments. 
that where the band their backup band comes from i have no idea when they get to la and they're playing that party yeah there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of dudes playing the instruments and then yep. when they're playing the showcase too it's like so were they in the bins too that they got yeah. uh, snuck in it it um we should all be so lucky jeff to have a band where everyone can sing please love it i mean i wish i, I wish. wish um i really thought someone was going to be dead in one of those boxes <laughs> right and that would be the joke <laughs> just yes like well i guess we need another drummer or something right like yeah that. <laughs> oh no we left todd in there who's todd uh, who cares <laughs> already a better joke than what they would have done um it was right here i did just write landsberg's character is a little bit more of a jerk in this one yeah like, just kind of a jerk um yeah the you say schnook what's it gonna be it was like what's it gonna be but yeah, essentially, they somehow lie into saying that they're uh, agents, like for Capitol Records. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I I did like the joke. How's my hair missing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, pretty good. You see this one? This guy doesn't have hair. Oh my God! Almost murdering people with a fireball. <laughs> Just good keep God. murdering. Yeah. Um. Uh, they need to, yeah, it really is just like, they just keep doing shit. They need to get the money. So they're going to act like managers. So they got a Henry Rollins fucking black flag it and get in the van style, fucking bite, fight this guy for cash. Yeah. And it's, that's the thing is everybody, everything's at a hundred and you maybe get one second to like rest and then it goes back up to a hundred. And all of a sudden we have another chase scene where they obviously, they obviously did not clear it with. Uh, the town because everyone's confused in the red light districts they are all looking at the camera every single person um uh yeah i was like i was like almost like happy they got just because i was like fine like i was like of course they got to be in the red light district when are they gonna get there they're gonna use all the parts of the bowl it's an 80s movie yeah you're gonna have to use the red light district you're and you're gonna, gonna have, have to have get them into S and M gear. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's the, yeah. maybe that's why I thought of Armed and Dangerous. It just just yeah. feel like we got the Armed and Dangerous seed there. Not um, Exit to Eden. No, wait, that's a different. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Dana Delaney and Rosie yeah, O'Donnell Dana and Dan Aykroyd. And, uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Have you ever watched that one with your your Aykroyd love? I don't know if I ever watched yes, it. I have. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have watched it for where... my Danny Delaney love, if yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> ooh, ooh. ooh, Phantom Tingles. Um, shout out to Austin, who requested if we start making merch again, we need to make a Phantom Tingle show. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, they uh, t- it really is like, I know our, like, our notes will be a little bit like, this is how it works, because this movie is just like, set piece to set piece, energy, energy, one second breath. Uh, but yeah, they end up with some sex workers. Uh, they don't speak English. They don't speak Dutch. So it, of course, translates to, oh, we're going to get laid. Oh, no, not like that. Because you know when they make those hand motions. Yo, baby. You know what's going to come. You see you coming a mile away. You love when it gets there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're in the sex worker room and they're going to have some S&M jokes the Dolly Dots, you're like, is this the perfect soundtrack to this scene? Right. 
because they have to use Dolly. And the Dolly Dot songs are good enough. I They're like fine. Them. Yeah. I, mean, I actually was like, oh, I, w- I would find this soundtrack. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, I mean, it's good, like 80s pop. I mean, like, again, if you like the Go Go's, if you like yeah. any of that ilk, like uh, the Bangles, you're going to like the Dolly Dots. If you like the band in Bachelor Party that's like, why well, do good girls like bad boys? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you might like it too. Like, it does. It's fun. I, yeah, it is. It's just fun. But that's why it's also weird. Sometimes it's fun over someone almost dying. Right. Um, and yeah, of course, they're running around their SM gear and it's an 80s movie. It's an 80s comedy, even more so. Gotta have a gay pan at gay bar. Like, oh, it's yeah. a police academy blue oyster style. Yep. <laughs> but without that fun theme. Like, yes. uh, and almost perfunctory. Like, almost not, like, pretty quick. Like, you're, like, not needed. Like, Look, it's offensive in Police Academy, but at least they've, like, set up the pattern. Right. And you know what it's going to be. And, like, they get a little bit out of the lemon that they're squeezing. There's not a lot. You're kind of just, like... It's just to have a joke where uh, the the gay lover gets mad at the other guy. And then, again, another fight breaks out. They're just causing chaos. More violent, yes. They always just cause violent chaos and then Land of course, Spr- like, maybe then that's they... their dynamic that we didn't recognize enough we're thinking two three stooges no. which is a lot of violence to themselves but they are chaos agents yeah they bring death and destruction wherever they go <laughs> but of course they did the joke where it's like all the gay guys speak uh cartoonishly effeminate and yes. then when the fight breaks out they're all screaming very effeminate and yep. then, yeah yeah you ain't getting much out of that scene besides being upset that it's uh, yep. not cool. Um, but And also, Duke Clark ain't thinking it's cool either. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I told you to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but Frank, their flight is canceled. <sighs> but we got to get them out of there. Let's find anyone, anyone. Insert set piece here. Insert set piece here. It's Lucy the drunk pilot and his and her goofball refugee from Mother's Day slash Motel Hell slash oh, right. Texas Chainsaw Holy Two shit. knockoff style dope. Holy fuck! I know. I said it was. Uh, I, I said it was Bill Mosley. Chop top times a thousand. With it is Mosley adjacent, baby. One hundred percent. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, now we've got the 80s classic trope of, like, sexually aggressive large woman. Yeah. As a joke. Um, kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a drunk. They're flying. It's uncomfortable. Uh, they they get breakfast. Shouting. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't help that now they're on an airplane with open doors so they can just scream more. Yeah. While they're like, I don't want booze instead of milk in my bowl of cereal. Um, she f- fake f- uh, sleeps like my son does. <laughs> he makes the like Huey, Dewey, and Louie like. Yeah. Um, and look, spoiler for the end. I guess I was happy to see that the son survived somehow. Right. Yes. I, I thought the same thing, too. 
because a joke in this, at least at this point in the movie, is the dope Bill Mosley son falls out of the plane with no parachute. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, another person has maybe died. Because I'm convinced that that waiter who didn't die as a burn victim from a fireball on his back and falling into the rivers of Amsterdam did not die the second time he falls into the river of Amsterdam. Um, And then she escapes. Gotta be unsafe triple tandem parachute jumping. Yeah. And uh, and then lands in a police dog training where she is attacked. Mauled. Mauled. We think to death at this point. Again, at the end, we find out she was alive somehow and then track them down. Um, ADCAB, we do have to say here. Yeah. Uh, all dog cops are bastards. <laughs> um, as we yeah. see with these defund the police also means the dogs yes. sorry pups uh, pups you ain't escaping this one um, but yeah I, they maul her almost to death oh, just like brutally too the way it's horrifying because of weight first of all these characters feel like there's there's <laughs> there are people who think I, I've taught a lot of character classes and you know uh helped with auditions and whatnot and there are people who think characters are just oh they have to be loud here's some buck teeth here's a crazy wig where it's just like super heightened yeah chris farley that's that's a character yeah and that's what that felt like with this these characters yeah uh, with the mom and the son and then so she's constantly both of them are at a hundred and it's giving me a headache uh-huh. she's screaming all the way down then she's screaming like crazy when the horrifying are attacking her it's yeah. so fucking horrifying and gives me a splitting headache yeah. i hated that i think that was i think out of more i think it's on par with pirates where i was like i can't stand this scene i don't yeah i don't want to watch this anymore well it's the combination of screaming and you're watching like they hired the bad student at Groundlings <laughs> to do these. You know? They did one lab, and then they're like, no, I'll put it on my resume. Yep. Yes. Uh, study that Groundlings. Or, yeah, just in the Groundlings troop. When you see that shit in their, like, their Twitter bio. Right. Like, And you're like, wait, I don't know if the wording part of the UCB4 makes sense because you took <laughs> one improv workshop, one high school improv workshop. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I guess they survive, and then their time passes, and now landing, land is, uh, uh, landings? What's his, now I'm blanking on his last name. Why am I crazy? Oh, Landsberg? my God. Yes, Landsberg. Jesus Christ. He now Landsberg. is a busboy. I guess that, yes, Angela Lansbury is a busboy. Um, there's a fried phone gag. I, my I God. Like- I like the song playing though. It's kind of like a, it sounds like a police ripoff. The song yeah. that's playing during that scene, I was like, "Hey, this is a good song." I'm assuming a Dolly Dots, right there. I don't think so. It Maybe not. Like a guy singing. Maybe not. I'll have oh, to look right. It up. You're right. I hope this isn't another uh, Perfect Strangers rally oh, boy. the situation. Oh, buddy, I I'm hope go not crazy. for you. Uh, Landsberg's hand getting put on the oven again <sighs> is just so horrifying. violent. Again, that's a Three Stooges gag. Yeah. But it's disturbing when they do it. 
I mean, it's why I, it is here where I just wrote the like the question we've been asking this whole time. Just like, what is the difference? I'm trying to figure it out and not sure. Like, um, and so yeah, the the then we cut to the dolly dots and they're in amp like basically their agent is like, you got to open for the pumpernickels. They've been yeah. in in L.A. They went to America and. Before, when they uh, when Landsberg faked like he was a record executive, he said, come to L.A., like him and uh, Dreyfus. So they're like, yeah, we'll go to L.A. To la, 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 L.A. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Love it. Another Why are we playing that at Dodgers games? Oh, man, seriously. Uh I love that, that, a good L.A. montage that I don't recognize anything. <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, well, uh, I was going to say that that agent looked like a Mikey Day character. It looked yes. like Mikey Day in like old person makeup. Yes, it did. But yeah, so I was like, wow, they really took a detour all around Los Angeles and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Like, that's a good day. That's a yes. whole day. That's a Easily. long way to get to what hotel did they go to? I forgot. It was one of the yeah. big ones. Yeah. Is, and is that the hotel he's working at? Yes, where he's a, he's, he's a, a busboy. He's serving bus boy, at. Yeah. There's kind of a joke. He serves way too big of a piece of prime rib, but it's not really a joke, right? I've glazed over the racial hotel clerk. You know, it's just he says yeah. "wonderful" a lot. I think because like maybe yeah, thing. it's I guess funny just repeats in the accent. that. Yep. Uh, it did so. Here's a question: Did uh dreyfus know that there was an executive like does he know music enough to know that lou winters is a like head of a and r he obviously got his card somehow yeah because when a real lou winters showed up (laughs) and that it's going to be a whole thing where his they're staying at the same hotel and his wife thinks that that lou the real lou is cheating on her and then the hotel clerk gets misunderstood because he thought that it was the other Lou. And he's like, the women from Holland are here. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. she's not going to like that. No, this stuck up wife. Stuck up wife. Can't just let him sow his oats now and then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I guess he's a real guy. And I was like, OK, cool. Boom, Mike. Full boom. Oh, yeah. Boom. But so yeah, when so they get the Dolly Dots a room in this hotel. They try to pull a scam that there isn't room, but there is. Again, I wish they had just maybe a set up more that it was okay for them to order because it's not funny enough and it stresses me out. Because also, well, here's a big thing. Uh it it's annoying that they're being so dumb. Because even at the end, look, again, spoily, at the end, it's all going to work out for the Dolly Dots. Yeah. They get a contract from this Lou because they do get on the showcase that they were promised to play. Um, and Lou just has contracts ready to go for anyone. He'll just fill in the band name. But even when he's listing it off, I was like, he's like, and you'll get it all. Videos, lunches. I don't want a Steve Albini here. <laughs> All right. But look, I was on a subsidiary of a major label. I was on Vice Records, which is a subsidiary of Atlantic with my band Panthers. No one is telling them that they will be paying for all of the things that the guy is listing off. 
when he's like, you're going to get lunches, you're going to get videos. It's like, yes, that is all that you will pay slash not get royalties or anything from. And they will kind of own you for a long time in that type of extra. Like I always took umbrage with Steve Albini's argument because I was like, no, most of the time actually it doesn't matter if you weren't going to make money on it independent, you ain't going to make money anyway. So get as much as you can out of the label. Cause they're always going to be in the red for most 90% right. of bands. I worked at Arista records as well, but same with them spending money on caviar. That's their, but they're paying for it. Yeah. If it was real have to pay that off. Yeah. Yes. If it was real, it goes on their budget. It goes on their studio budget. It goes with their promotion, et cetera, et cetera. The the meal, look, this is for all our young Canon viewers, listeners. I there are two faults in there. We don't have anyone young and we don't have viewers. <laughs> but if you are a young band, you're signing a label contract, they take you out to that celebratory meal, you have paid for that meal. Yep. Just deal with it. We got taken out to a wonderful Italian meal. That I think we was on our budget and it didn't matter anyways because we were going to be in the red no fucking matter what. So yeah. fuck it. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they that's what they don't tell you is like you're paying. I read the the um, the book by the drummer from Semisonic where he like that said, book like, is great. A, that's a good one really for an good. insight into what it really is like. It's great because especially for like, quote unquote, one hit wonders. Yeah. Of like what it was like in the late 90s to go through that experience and be like, oh, this is how the record industry works and how even with a hit song, you're still paying it off years and years and years, years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so it's it, it just like that was an extra level of just being stressed the whole time. But because they are so clueless about it and you get distracted by boom mics, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I have um, two questions. Jeff. Yes, please. Did they bring that frame picture of the band to their own hotel room? The Dolly Dots when he yeah. picks it up. And it's Let's imagine record. it's on their budget. One. <laughs> yeah. Right. Two, where is Dreyfus getting the money that he's tipping with? Good is call. that the joke that he actually has money, but he's like, because he keeps tipping people. That's you writing a better joke that's in there. I mean, maybe they thought He's that, like, but I got agree. no money, and then he turns to tip somebody. Yeah. It's also, a good question. Yeah. The the concierge said they're one of our biggest accounts, or the other guy, the owner or whatever, says, yeah, Capitol Records are one of our biggest accounts. Because they have an account there, they're charging that to the account. The boy, the guys don't have to pay anything. Oh, that's right. They have an account right. on file. So that's so great for them, but that's... The account. But that ends up being a weirder than confusing joke. Because he's like, this is going to be this amount of money for me. Like, it's like we're playing on the dynamic. They, they're trying to, they kind of try to have their cake and eat it too there. Don't you right, think? But they're off the hook. They don't have to pay anything. But they, they react like they have to. Yeah, but they, they have a, they, he They're reacting said, like it's in detective school dropouts when he's like, I don't have any more money. Right. But, but if they pulled said, the scam, <laughs> I didn't even fucking hear that because I was getting so frustrated, but that is true. <laughs> and so that negates a lot of the stress. Yes. But also the joke. Who gives a fuck? Order the caviar. Get a portrait of yourself. Because I've 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 been in that situation before where they're like, the studio is paying for your hotel. Sure. But 
hey, take it easy. Like, seriously, right. don't eat anything from the fridge. <laughs> like, we're paying yeah. for this at least. It's Seinfeld where uh, Elaine is, you know, uh, uh, interviewing for a job and they think she's from out of town. So she gets a hotel room, but then she has right. to give it to Jerry's parents <laughs> and they get masseuses and they do the same shit as the Dolly Dots, getting macadamia yeah. nuts. Um, <laughs> my God. Uh, but they do get them gigs. Oh, by yeah. the way, that wherever I don't even remember where the monkey came in, but in retrospect, people in the '80s, a monkey's making that face. We all thought it was cute. That means that monkey's sitting there thinking, "I am going to murder you." Yeah, I'm gonna tear. I'm gonna peel off your face. Yes, and the show showing of you. teeth by monkeys. I believe. I think I'm not wrong on this. Means that that is like a signifier of like I am going to attack. Yeah, I am. We've all seen Nope. Yeah, <laughs> every which way but loose. Taught us well, a different what, way. <laughs> maybe, Jeff, there's some behind the scenes here where the reason why they didn't use a real monkey for going bananas was yeah. because of this, an incident that happened on set with this. One of the Dolly Dots died. Then, <laughs> yeah, right. That's, what they, they, that's why one of the members gets replaced halfway through the movie. They made up a story about her getting pregnant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> said her arms were ripped off. Yeah. Um, they they get them an agent though, and the agent that slimy ugh, the, so yeah, much so swearing gross. in a weird way. Like he is the guy who is in the bathtub at the end of the Truman Show. That's how what? I know that actor. He's just one of the people watching the end of the Truman Show. Like, oh, and really? he's just in a bathtub. Like oh. that's all. I just recognize him. I'm pretty you sure it's him. From that, I know. I have issues. I could be wrong too. <laughs> but uh, but they get a gig. And it's, uh, it's uh, they go after everyone, Jeff. Equal offenders. I mean, oh, this is one where you're like, news, yeah. is it because it's Boa? Like, does it get a pass or is it not? Oh, yeah. I don't. I think. I yeah. mean, no. I mean, it doesn't. But it's like, but you can see where the humor comes from. Yes, it's the most Israeli move in right. this because I was like, I bet you this could be a scene in like a lemon popsicle style movie. Like, it felt like of that kind of rhythm. Almost, yeah. maybe. It feels um, confusing because I, I wrote down like, oi, vey, they love it. Because yeah, yeah. they're kind of moving at first. But then I guess once the women take off that They costumes. realize, wait, we're Hasidim and we have to like fucking, yeah. this is literally antithetical to everything yeah. in our religion. Um, yeah. I mean, I again, this, what hap- this is where they catch you. In the 80s, we all are caught by racism and sexism and homophobia. Because we all end up laughing at things that we're like, ugh, am I a jerk for laughing? But the rabbi's voice made me laugh. <laughs> it was a very... Right, we, we talk about these big characters. Yes, but it was yeah. cartoonish and not... At least I'm not. I'm saying this as a, as a non-Jewish person. As a Gentile. Yes, as a Gentile. It, 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 didn't, it didn't seem cartoonish in like a, a like anti-Semitic way. <laughs> It was just like a funny choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, we'll have our Jewish listeners uh, tell us. If yeah, please, honestly, tell. But like, I was hearing it like marriage, like sort right. of. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, in the Princess Bride, um, but I don't know. He was just, uh, and he just he reminded me of someone. Like I think he's in a Mel Brooks movie, maybe. Like, um, but he loves it. The Rebbe loves it. Uh, until, run around, run away until. Don't do it, Dolly Dots. Don't Again, take chaos. A fight chaos. breaks out. Chaos agents and the Dolly Dots aren't helping. 
Because they're just like, we thought it would be cool. Okay, Where did they my get the God. limo from, Jeff? He's got money. I like this theory. Right, where he's I like, like this theory that Dreyfus actually has secret stash. So yeah, like why doesn't Landsberg character go like, where did you get this thing? And he goes, don't worry about it. Anyway, I'm pretty broke right now. Like I don't, you know. That's a fun pattern. I'm pretty broke and then prove that I'm not broke. Like yeah. that works. Look, we're doing it again. We're noting a movie <laughs> from 1987 know, and punching it up. But I do yeah. think that's what drives us kind of nuts. But either way... They, you know, the Dolly Dots are trying to drive me nuts, but they got another gig. It's in a biker bar. Oh, yeah. Another 80s staple. Another 80s staple. Those tough bikers better Those watch tough out. tough bikers love listening to Prince Ripoff pop. Yes, they do. <laughs> they <laughs> love it as long as they can also throw in some sexual threats of they better show oh, yeah. some skin. Um, you girls better come through with some action. <laughs> Uh, kind of thought it was a little funny that they had acoustic guitars and played the low and brow jiggle. No, that was, that was funny to me. That part was actually funny to me. Because I think because there was a little bit of like, why do I recognize this song? And that's like, that's enough of that slow burn that did work. (laughs) Um, uh. I think I, I only maybe have ever really heard it from Eddie Murphy stand up doing the yeah. low and brow jingle. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Um, and boom times two. I'm sorry. I just have to keep like yeah. happen twice. Like that's literally just there. Like it's not even like it dips in. It's just there. there. Yeah. Uh, they hide as exterminators. There's not as many, even though it would make more sense of this, because they're in America, not as many weird pop culture references yeah. out of touch of the tone, but they do say when they come in as exterminators, like, who are you? It's Reagan and Gorbachev. Right. <laughs> Check, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's their Dennis Miller for this one. Yeah. Um, the second hair joke, not against it. If that was a pattern more so, just like, is it dangerous? It'll make your hair fall out. Look a at male him. pattern? Uh, a- Baldness? MPB. NPB, not pattern bad. Male pattern baldness. And before the woke crowd comes after me, just know this. I was bald for a short while because of chemo treatment. So thank you. You know what? Before you judge, maybe get a little bit of my history. So <laughs> he can I, I make was, those jokes. <laughs> I think, I mean, man, I was terrified at that time too. It was like sure. my hair. And it's like, dude, there's more. I mean, that's also things. prime. I mean, you had uh, many things to be stressed about, and we, yeah. you know, we love more than anything that you came out on the other side. Wonderful, <laughs> right. but that was also prime Frank Garcia Hale shuck of hair, oh, like yeah. like like the quaff was was <laughs> there. But like before the it, it was, was just coming it, off in the shower, and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck is?" And I could get because you just had like a like that was like one of my like describing factors of you at that <laughs> point, you know, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the kid with the hair. <laughs> uh, love that we got more orthodontist class. I will always be psyched about lots of orthodontist class. That whole wall oh, yeah. of Capitol Records, pure orthodontist. Um, boom, Mike. Uh, <laughs> they sneak into a party, but they're playing it. 
Yeah, they I didn't, double snuck in. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because they talk about the party, and all of a sudden they're playing it. And I, I one, we don't ever get the Dolly Dots like names. Like occasionally you'll get like somebody saying yeah. one of the members' names, but we really don't get to introduce that. They're just there. They're just they're just women. props. Yeah, they are the, just yeah, props for the for the thing. And it's like, well, if we're gonna have them be part of the story. Can we at least get something out of them? But yeah. except one kind of talks like she's from Brooklyn, which is kind of yes. confusing, but then it kind of comes in and out. But they're playing at the party, and that's where we see the backup band. It's like, oh, did they happen to just get up on stage and be like, hey, we got some songs. You want to play? Try to keep up. It's an right. E flat. Your or kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't know if, like, and then Dead Meat is there, the, the, the Kiss like, speaking of Kiss, like. Yeah. They, bag band. I was like waiting to figure out what they thought Dead Meat was gonna sound like. Dude, when they did start, my my first inclination was rat. Right. Like yes. they had they definitely felt like it was like trying to be like a little bit more of an edge in the riff. Um they don't look it like you know, a little bit more aggressive hair metal, later TSOL. Like yeah. sort of. Well the the thing is is that at a certain point I sped up the speed because I was like, I need to get through this. And I warned you over text, don't have an aneurysm. <laughs> I, I mean I had to slow it down in a few parts. But with this their song at the showcase, I had it at I think one point five speed. And I was like, hey, this good this sounds like Bay Area Bay Area metal. This is pretty good. It was and like then a I thrash slowed it down song. and I was like, oh man. <laughs> This shit's bonded by blood exodus. This Hell is yeah. great. <laughs> Murder in the front row, baby. And then you're like, oh, man, that's just rat. Yeah, that's just rat. Round and uh, round. Get out of here. I love Landsberg's kind of dress like Michael Jackson meets Elton yes. John. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, that was funny. I laughed at that. Yeah, I did, too. Uh, but, yeah, they they get found out on their lies. Um, I like that. Like in their getting found out on the lie, they basically had to explain the insane plot of this movie. Right. Like they basically had to literally be like, all right, Dolly Dots, here's what's been happening. Right. This whole movie. And it's like a good refresher for us. You're just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. That did happen. <laughs> cool. Thanks for letting me know what I was watching. Um, yeah, again, there was that really like in passing homophobic joke you're just like why bother well Um, right before that though remember the lady uh, he was being a creep telling that lady like oh i'll get you oh right the the singer the singer who's like and then her husband comes in he's old hijinks yeah hijinks ensue this is that we said it with the technical dropouts this is definitely a movie that really we could be summing it up as set pieces and then hijinks ensue (laughs) it really does feel like an outline when you outline a movie and typically when you outline a movie, it's just kind of be a little bit of a, a suggested map of what you want to happen in there. But when you actually sit down to write the scenes, you're like, oh, this isn't is this isn't in service because it has to the next scene has to happen because of yeah. you know, if this then what. The but connective tissue like never... muscle for the if this then what right. doesn't and, end up never, in here. <laughs> they don't even get to that because they're just like, no, the outline, let's just hit the beats. And that's yeah. what this scene felt like. Until they get to their plan with getting on the getting dead meat off of stage where yeah. they decide to be like, <laughs> let's slow it down and like really go through the machinations of how we're sneaking in, setting up this elaborate helium tube system. 
It comes out of the microphone? I don't understand how it works. I really don't. I guess the idea is if it's a miniature, you can't really see it. So whenever he sings, it's blowing it into his mouth and it's a tasteless, smellless gas. So he's not noticing that it makes his voice high. So then immediately metal and punk fans are going to be like, get out of here with that. Even though honestly, right away, I was just like... Have you heard King Diamond and Merciful Fate? Like, I think they might be into this. Like, what would have been a like, great? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what would have been a great joke is if we saw the uh, food truck from earlier, the fruit truck, uh-huh. pull up and say, "Who needs some fruit to throw?" That- and <laughs> yes, that would be great. Then we're really going farce and say, "Fuck it!" Like, let's just really go for it. But yeah, it's this crazy plan to, I guess, get the audience to turn on this. Uh, darlings of Capitol Records, Dead Meat, uh, and ruin their lives because yes. I guess they're kind of jerky, but not that jerky. There's kind of whatever, like the daily daily dots, the daily dots are the daily dots. <laughs> uh, uh, and so yeah, but then it's just like okay, well, get them off the stage, get the dolly dots on, and they play a song where they don't play their instruments, like yeah. we said. It's got the backing band. They're there. I don't know where they're from, but they're there. Yeah. And, you know, Lou might be sad that his wife has definitely left him uh, because of his transgressions, but he doesn't matter because, god damn, those Dolly Dots are dope, baby. Yeah. He's like, Welcome see to you later, term. or whatever yeah. he says. Uh, yeah, uh, see you, wouldn't want to be you. And then like, she does the huff, like, oh, yes. Oh, oh. Which, again, you're like, I guess you're doing three stooges huffs, yeah. like, but... And so, yeah, he gives them a long-term contract and is listing off how he's going to fuck them over. And they're just like, this is awesome. But the more important part is get our managers in here because, hey, yeah. it all worked out. Um, they are going to be their managers and get some money. I have expected when we heard the saxophone and they do a close-up of the saxophone that one of the guys was going to be playing it. Yeah, I mean, and they why over not? And go, oh! That would be awesome. Let's do it, baby. At this point, fuck it. Um, and then, yeah, they uh, they want to celebrate that they are indebted to capital in a probably a uh, deal that's not going to work. No, nope. uh, by They're going pick one of them to go solo. Yep, one of them's going to uh, to- totally. Someone's going to Belinda Carlisle. Someone's going to Susanna Hoff. Yeah, uh, they're going to star in the uh, All Dayer. Uh, it's it's what? a movie copying the All Nighter. That movie oh. that Susanna Hoff was in. I see. I see. Man, <laughs> I've never Susanna seen Hoff's the All Nighter. I mean, incredible. Just never seen that movie. Definitely. We'll go back to the Phantom Tingles of just the <laughs> box in the right. video store. Um. Uh. And yeah, they decide to celebrate by going on one of the more freezing beaches of I California. <laughs> saw that and I was like, that looks so uncomfortable because it is so windy. And if you've ever been to the beach when it's cold and windy, it is. Ugh. People, if you don't live in LA, yes, there are, uh, both Frank and I have had these days and usually we've like text each other when it's happening where you think it's a great idea. You're like, <laughs> my kid's off school. It's super sunny out. Yeah, it's not the summer, but like it'll be fun. We'll go to the beach. It certainly won't be surprisingly cloudy when you get there. Unbelievably windy. Your kid kind of wants to go on the water, but you don't want them to because it's fucking freezing. Yeah. And then you have to go in like with your fucking 
pants pulled up because you didn't plan <laughs> on getting wet. And it's kind of a miserable day. And you got to lie to yourself that it was awesome. Jeff, um, you have one of those uh, onesie bathing suits from the 20s that's got the black and white stripes on it. And you got I get my cap, straw hat. It is flat as fuck. Clip. It is just flat as fuck, that straw hat. Yeah. And yeah, I get my nose clipper on. Um, and I just get out there waddling. I leave my socks yep. on with still the, uh, the, <laughs> the braces that hold them up. But... Um, and so, yeah, and then weirdly, but also weirdly pleasant if you're like me and Frank, soy boys watching this, worried about minor, minor characters we hated in the movie, uh, the Bill Mosley adjacent comes out of the ocean. He apparently survived somehow. Yeah. Oh, just went for a swim. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then. It reminded me of Charlie from Critters. Yes. Very much so. Uh, uh, glad Charlie was able to go up to the sky with yeah. those other aliens, or with those aliens yeah. and critters. Kill um, but then the mother, the sexually <laughs> aggressive, large 80s mother shows up, tattered from getting attacked horrifically by police dogs. She's been chased for days, Jeff. Ad cab. Uh, yeah, days. Days. Or weeks. Time is unclear. <laughs> so, even. Yes. <laughs> Across states. We don't know where the fuck that fucking like, police... No, they were in California. And Mary says, we're right over California. Oh, I missed that line. Yeah. Okay. Because I had a moment of just like, they could be in fucking Arizona they, like, for all they know. <laughs> landed in Topanga Canyon or wherever. Okay, phew. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're up there in Tuna Canyon and they're like, oh boy, a lot of Trump flags. How'd this happen? Oh boy. Um <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, and that's my mama. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, wasn't that a Mad TV thing? Or what? Yeah. Uh, it's also, a, yeah, whenever I hear that's my mama, I just think of coming to America from oh, when yeah. he's introducing from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they have a madcap ending. Everything worked out. Everything worked out for the Dolly Dots. Everything didn't work out for me and Frank. We had to be horrified no. the whole time that people were dying for the sake of our laughter. I'm look, not lying I, uh, when I said this movie gave me a headache. Yeah, it did. It is. Well, here's the here's the question before we you know go to our little wrap up in our our rating system. Which one would you pick? You got to pick one of them: Detective School Dropouts or Dutch Treat. Ooh, probably detective school dropouts. Oh, telling to Dutch treat. I don't know. I think it's hard. I can't. I kind of. Uh, I kind of dislike both of them equally. Oh, but. I mean, ultimately, I know we said in our last episode. If you listen, if you haven't, go listen to it. That we grew to appreciate it more because Austin's write up is fantastic. The interview yeah. with. Uh, Lauren Dreyfus is great and gave us more insight into canon than usually we even get in interviews, which are always great and insightful in uh, the canon film guides, volume one and two. And we appreciated that they got these made. But yeah, doing a double shot, I definitely am like, all right, like we're, we, we, we work very hard to be appreciative and not just jerks, but also let's be slightly realistic here. Yeah. Do I really ever want to watch Dutch Street or Detective School Dropouts again? Probably not. I think, yeah, I think I'd probably end up watching Detective School Dropouts 
first because of the Italian connection. Yeah. And just because almost like, would I end up watching it now knowing Dutch Treat? Because I do stand behind. I think this is a more put together movie and makes more sense weirdly yeah. as a 80s style nod to the Three Stooges. But it's still gonna give me a panic attack if I ever. I'm trying my life in my life to be fucking calmer and more present and a little bit more <laughs> relaxed. And this movie made me feel like the anxiety of living in New York all over again somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should have been like um, Abbott and Costello meet the Ronettes or something like that. Yeah, where kind of like there's there's a there's a balance there, and it just. Whatever. I mean, I still admire the fuck out of the fact that they got these movies made. A comedic duo was able to get a movie company to finance their movie that they wanted to make. And Two of great. them. They did what we have not I been able to that. do. We are aware of that. They did what we have not been able to do. I the fuck out of that. I, we, we dream of that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, just, I don't know. I, I, I would have preferred that Canon would have made there as... Austin pointed out like the Spice World, yeah, for the Dolly Dots. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine a canon movie like that? Oh, I get so excited thinking about like if you had a '80s pop rock, a band of women who are like the Go Go's or the Bangles. It would have been like Breakin' meets the Apple meets yes. Thunder Alley. I would have fucking loved that i say that but you know what i mean like i would have loved it would have been a perfect it this is frank perfect movie. here's the thing about this <laughs> nicholas cage superman movie it would have been the best superman movie to ever live and i'm not being hyperbolic okay no but you know what Frank's i mean like daily dot spice world is his jodorowsky's dude like yes, like he's I convinced mean, it would have been perfect but even though we kind of know it maybe not it probably would have been yeah. a steaming pile of shit but i I I think that not that Jordan not that that Dune would have been. Uh, I want that movie to be perfect, and when I watch, it, I'm like, yes, it has every element. I don't yeah. have a fucking magma tattoo for nothing, um, right? But and but I love I, Jodorowsky more than anything. And Dune. well, I'm as as problematic as he is, but um, yeah. Hey, who isn't with Jodorowsky? Right. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like, I would have liked to have at least seen the attempt at a movie like that because I think that would have been fun. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Who's wait, who's your favorite Dolly Dot? <laughs> oh, gotta be short hair. <laughs> Mine was Esther. I love Esther too. I, I mean I gotta up, I gotta give it to Esther. Esther yeah. <laughs> Oosterbeek. Oh, I love Esther Oosterbeek. Uh, but she I mean I looked up who the ones were, but there was one that was like, that's my favorite one. <laughs> I did like short hair. Remind me of Cynthia Nixon. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Dutch treat, like man. I mean, we covered the duo of Landsberg and Dreyfus. Yeah, they said it couldn't be done because and most did people it. didn't know that it was a thing. <laughs> and we did the thing. We did. We did the to thing. Be, uh, yeah, we, we we're pop culture, right? <laughs> <laughs> we get life. So by the time this comes out, it'll only be a month old. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, So this is where we give our canon rating on a scale of one to ten. Can is that how good or bad this is? But what is the canon rating for Dutch Treat? Four. Yeah. 
I don't know. It probably would be higher because it does have a lot of canon shit show elements, you know? But feels... But I feels like oddly lower this, I wouldn't say it was canon. Yeah, no. 4.5. Why not? Let's go... Like, split the difference there. Yeah, let's... It feels a little bit other production company messed up somehow. I don't know why. Yeah. Even though we got Boaz, and even though we've got clearly Menachem trying to you know, utilize IP in the wrong way, um, which is classic canon. Something about, it's like, yeah, 4.5. Um, yeah, Dutch treat. Was it a treat? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so. It was a Dutch treat in the way that we think of Dutch in the way of Dutch oven. Wow. And so, and that treat. Totally you know, makes sense. Being a scat. So yes. Yeah. Totally Dutch oven scat is the other alternate title for this movie. So Dutch treat. Uh, well, people hope you enjoyed us talking about that duo. Hope you enjoyed us talking about uh, Dutch treat. Uh, and again, we respect anyone who does love this. I totally get yeah, we We have said we it before it. in detective. We get it. We have those movies that we grew up with and can't be tell. We are coming at it as older men. Wised thinking about comedy learned learned uh so uh you know on that note i gotta say frank where can people find us they can find us on instagram and twitter at the canon canon second canon is one in once again patreon.com slash the canon canon truly your support helps so much uh, uh, we look we're covering dutch treat so help us out with that <laughs> um but until next week I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is The, the Cannon. 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 Boom mic, boom mic, boom mic, boom mic, boom mic. That's my mama. Boom.